What's ever bail? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, boy. My name is Zach, and this is Pretending to be People. We are a role-playing podcast, and we are playing the game Delta Green. But it's not really Delta Green. It's an amalgamation that we have come up with that is a mixture of the role-playing systems Delta Green and Pulp Cthulhu. With all that nerdy shit out of the way, for the rest of you listening, this is a collaborative storytelling experience that you will be listening to over the coming weeks. I am here with Joe. Hey, I'm Joe. Luke. I'm Luke. And Thomas. I'm Thomas. Having heard many stories from other DMs, GMs out there, I consider myself to be extremely lucky with the group that I have been blessed with. As a player, same. 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 We have been playing together for three years now. This is our third campaign. We ran two 10-month-long Delta Green campaigns where we played weekly, and we've kept the exact same group ever since. I am fully in love with this game. Thomas, what's your experience with role-playing? I started with D&D, like a lot of people, and wanted something a little more story-based and less mechanics-driven. I didn't like sitting around for 30 minutes while the wizard took his turn. Uh, so Delta Green was perfect for that. It's all about character interaction and like solving this mystery together. And combats are very, like combat is very simple, quick. And rare. And rare, yeah. And violent. You know, you're shooting guns at each other. It ends, it gets over with quickly. Like you said, we've been playing together for the past few years. That's been the highlight of my week that whole time. I'm Luke. My role-playing experience in high school, I played Dungeons Dragons twice. The group that I played with didn't take it very seriously, and our DM took it very seriously, so we were not invited back to play. <laughs> and then after that, the next time I played was Delta Green with Zach and Thomas and a couple other people. And yeah, I loved it. I've pretty much constantly been playing it since I started playing with this group. Thomas actually texted me kind of out of the blue one day about wanting to do a D&D game with some mutual friends of ours. And I, I, I think unbeknownst to him, I had already been kind of wanting that. I'd been listening to podcasts and watching shows on Twitch and things like that. So we did it. It was it was awesome to have that all of a sudden pop up. That group didn't last for very long, but pretty quickly after that dissolved, Thomas again asked if I wanted to join you guys. And I said, fuck yeah. And you guys seemed to like me, so I stuck around. We were big <laughs> fans. You brought an element of seriousness to our table. Uh, uh, which uh, I think ability was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much needed that had not existed there before. I remember the very first time that you role played with us. You were playing Taylor, my wife's partner. Yeah, you gave me a couple options for characters, and I picked the FBI agent because yeah. I'd seen X Files. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had one of our best sessions to date right then and there. It was amazing. Right on. He brought the energy for sure. <laughs> I'd never met Joe before I played with him. Now I see him every week. Hey, baby. I hope that you guys become our best friends the way that I have become best friends with my role-playing group. Yeah, as we wiggle our way into your ear holes each <sighs> week, please... Also invite us into your hearts. Into your parties. Yeah, invite us to your parties. Yeah. Buy us beer. We really like uh, drinking. Drinking uh, marijuana, Yep. if you're offering. Are you offering? Are you offering? Hey, internet. Listener. Are you offering? <laughs> Are you holding? P.O. Box. 
Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that Zach created all of this stuff. We don't know anything that's happening. We try to not talk about it too much outside of the game. We really want to be surprised by each other and by Zach. Yeah, and actually one of my favorite things about this group is as we've come to play together for longer periods of time, we've kind of talked and you guys have given me full reign to fuck over your characters, which is a very fun thing to give your DM the right to do. And I uh, try to take full advantage of that. There are a couple parts per episode where I will have written the description of a character or the description of a place. But outside of that, everything is improv. It is also a closed game. Oh, that's a really good point, Luke. So we play a closed game. So anytime one of these characters goes off on their own, the player also sits in the room with just me and we go through what happens. That way the players can keep secrets from each other. Secrets and lies. Secrets and lies, the name of the game. That uh, continues outside the podcast too. We try not to talk to each other about what's going on in the game too much just because we want to be <laughs> surprised. Joke about us having lots of secrets we have and lies. lies. <laughs> It's kind of scary. It's kind of violent. Oh, yeah. This it is a horror mystery. Yeah. This is a horror mystery. Graphic content warning. You may see queasy. that there is an explicit tag on all of our episodes. This isn't just because we use the fuck word. It's also because a lot of the descriptions within the story are going to be gruesome and brutal with hopefully a lot of comedy and Come for the heart. Stay for the gore. Come on the heart. Stick it to the <laughs> gore. <laughs> Come on the gore. <laughs> Come on the heart. Two in the stink. It gets a lot worse than just shooting people. Yeah, it can be pretty icky, icky, but don't worry. We bring enough warmth and humanity. And humor. And humor. Hopefully uh, humor. We hope you think it's funny. So we got together and we created a small town together that this story would take place in. Contention. Contention is the name of this fictional town in this fictional universe that is based loosely on our own world. People could easily relate this to X-Files or season one of True Detective, pretty much anything that has a creepy supernatural ambiance to it. But we're also going to try Twilight. to keep it funny. <laughs> 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 like that case in point <laughs> with awesome twilight jokes just fucking constantly we're on the bleeding edge of cultural relevance <laughs> <laughs> we recorded this in 2011 <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what we've done is we've set up a story in which these three guys are playing police officers of this small town of contention. We did this for a couple reasons. It's an easy way to get them involved in a mystery within their small town and have the power and the free time to look into said mystery. Very excited to have our friend Justin involved in this podcast. He will be the first voice that you hear as Justin is playing Wolf the Dog, the AM radio DJ in the town of Contention, who will be our narrator and introduce each episode. He is also responsible for creating the original music that you will hear backing this podcast. Justin did all of our music except for the intro. Except for the intro, which was done by Kudzu, a band from our hometown of Springfield, Missouri. K-U-D-Z-U. Look them up on Bandcamp. Thank you, Kudzu. Thank you, Kudzu. We also record it in the nude. You should know that. Going in a nude. very hot uh, room. In a hot room. Sweaty. That's uh, why we take our clothes Covered off. in molasses. For sustenance. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a very, very specific rule. You're not allowed to eat your own molasses. No, only, <laughs> only your friend's molasses. Yeah, we eat molasses. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for downloading and listening to our first episode of Pretending to be People. We hope that you continue to listen. Now, let's get that 
AM dial in position to 694.2 and hand it over to Wolf the Dog. What's up, my babies? It's Wolf the Dog coming at you from 694.2 PTBP Contention's newest and only radio station. Some of you surrounding listeners might not know Contention like we all do here, but it's a small, quiet town about an hour west of the city. Now, the date on this here calendar says it's December 1st. And let me tell you, it's a warm one out there. Dogs are barking, going crazy. And I've been seeing a lot of homeless folks lately. But, you know, be kind to those. Throw a little change their way for your old buddy Wolf the Dog. And I want all you listeners out there to wish Police Chief Maggie Cook a very, very happy birthday. And now we're going to throw a wild one at you today. It is Kudzu with no backbone. First, folks, Jim Belushi, not a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> hot takes. Hot takes. So let's go ahead and talk characters before we begin here. Joe, you are playing. I'm playing Clark Bishop. He's a 17 uh, year vet. Hasn't risen up the ranks, kind of because there's not a whole lot of rank upping to go. But he's a little bit sad about the fact that he's still where he is in life. But he also takes a lot of pride in his job, and he's okay at it. Luke, what character are you playing? I'm playing Keith Vigna. I am a 29-year-old police officer. I grew up in contention, and then I had a big aspirations, moved to the city uh, where I became a police officer, was not that great at it, and they kind of transferred me back to the town just to get rid of me. Bad much. cop. I'm not a bad cop. I'm just a, a, a bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> bad at copying. So yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad at copying, but I'm a. I'm a, not a bad guy. You're also kind of freshy too, right? I'm a fr- yeah, yeah. So I probably been on the force under a year for sure. New kid in town. I'm Keith Vigna, the new kid in town. But I'm from town. But I act like I'm from the city. I'm a big shot. Big for your britches. I'm big. I'm too. My britches are big. <laughs> and that's that's Keith. You got big pants. Huge pants. They are, are you a small man? I have or to wear small man suspenders huge and a belt. <laughs> that's a lot of. Uh, that's a lot to to hold it. Hold I up. Know, your, those are that's your how that's how big my pants are. Yeah, and how small your waist is at the same time. Or I think I'm an average sized person. That's just gives. It shows you how huge these pants are. <laughs> Oh, oh, those are big pants. Those yeah. are some giant. Think pants like, on uh, it. think whatever you want. Can you not afford <laughs> nicer pants? Wouldn't I mean, if you're big for your britches, wouldn't your pants be very small? 
I think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. My, I'm too small. For hey, my boy, <laughs> I think you're too small for those britches. <laughs> hey, man, you should get some self-esteem. Uh, you really need to not be so down on yourself. Fucking fill out Dude, your britches, you I'm know? Keith <laughs> fuck, I'm Keith fucking Vigna, and I can wear whatever size pants I want. Wow. See, and that's true confidence. Oh, man, somebody needs to tell Keith those pants stuff. <laughs> Is he wearing two belts? <laughs> two belts, three pairs of suspenders, and su- they're super glued to my body. <laughs> Thomas, uh, what character are you playing, and what kind of pants does he wear? <laughs> J- uh, I'm playing John Lee Pettymore. He is from Contention. He's a local boy. He wears pants that are a little too tight. Okay. Probably. How tight is a little too tight? Just enough. Noticeable? hmm Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the ladies of contention. Ayo. Some of his extended relatives are kind of ne'er-do-wells. He might not always see the rules as uh, unbendable. He knows how they do things in contention. More importantly, in the hollers outside of contention. <laughs> what, are you guys, uh, what are you guys wanting to do with this thing? Have fun. You want to have some fun? I want to have some fun. I want to have some fun. I, wanna I don't want to have fun. I want to get a little spooked. I want to get a little spooky. No. Yeah, I think it'll, hopefully it's going to get spooky. I'm only interested in total iTunes chart domination. <laughs> I want to be so spooked that my huge britches are plenty wet at the end of the night. <laughs> Some big old wet britches. I want to fill my Soaking. britches. You got Soaking. so much extra fabric. That's a lot I of... I can have a big old load. Uh, take a big old dump in my pants if I need to. And nobody will know. Nobody? I think they'll know. Well, everybody will know, but nobody will tell me. Pass an alertness check. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, huge little britches these britches are ready to go i'm ready to just jump on in. ready to jump on in all right well our story does begin on an unseasonably warm december 1st in a small town called contention a thin mist can be seen under the streetlights on an empty country road uh the inside of the contention police department however is cozy warm and bright a smiling man sits behind a large secretary desk littered with papers and snack wrappers he has a round baby face and small teeth and he is wearing a sweater vest over a shirt and tie. This man's phone rings. This guy, by the way, he's the secretary in the office. He's like the office Are manager. his gums big or is his so teeth he's just got, small? Yeah, that was an interesting detail. <laughs> he's got small teeth, but he's got gums that stick out. I kind of picture him as like... So like small teeth, but very, very healthy gums. Oh, those are some real he's healthy He's been flossing. Gums. You can absolutely see a th- half to three quarters of an inch of gum mm, in between teeth hot. and top lip. Yikes. It's almost as if his top lip is receding. It's succumbing to the gum. It's a common occurrence. Exactly. Yeah, he's wearing a sweater vest over a shirt and tie, and his phone rings, uh, which happens often Luke, in the we, office. We cannot be vaping on Mike all the time. We're going to sound like assholes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was trying to get out of the range, but you I, it's not going to work. Yeah, sorry. Tell me if this works. I can't tell how much of that was ambient and how much of that I, was I, I don't think it was in the headphones. <laughs> this will be an edited podcast, but not so tightly edited yeah, that I can I'll, get all the vape juice noise. <laughs> I'll, I'll refrain from just going overboard. Quick technical question. Do, yeah. you, do you have each of our mics on a different channel? I do have could all you, of your mics on a different channel. If you needed to, you could turn somebody down. I can down absolutely post. Post. <laughs> just, Every time I vape, I'm just going to do this and then you can turn my mic off. <laughs> not, He's not, in the middle of a sudden. Not only can I, but I will <laughs> yeah, yeah. do that. Uh, also, Luke, your your food is at the door. Oh, hell so yeah. So go do that. Okay, I'll go be right back. Go get your food. Check this out. Uh, he was like, yeah, what are you guys doing today? I'm like, 
oh yeah, we're just playing some Dungeons and Dragons. And he goes, oh, that's cool. Uh, have you ever heard of Delta Green? And <laughs> Did I, he for real? No, no, yeah. I, shit, I shit you not. I'm like, that's actually what we're playing. And he's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what? Did you tell him we're recording a podcast? I didn't tell him that, but oh. I you he, didn't you didn't sell. Was, yeah, you gotta man. sell, man. <laughs> first first fan <laughs> right at the door. Like I he said he said that, and I was just like, are you? F- no one has ever heard of this game before. No <laughs> shit. What he look like? He just kidding. We know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine if I had your beard. Uh huh. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, you guys should have a baby. I think we could make a good. I think I baby. need to grow a beard real quick because I'm the odd man out here. <laughs> That's true. Get it going. Okay. <laughs> oh, it worked. How's it look? It's great. Burly. Okay, so this guy, his phone rings and he picks it up like before the first ring is finished. The big, the big gum guy. Yeah, the big gum, small teeth fella. I apologize for the noise that's about to happen. <laughs> you want to eat your sandwich? Yeah, we're gonna stop. We're going to stop and let you eat. Okay. Okay, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) You dick. (laughs) Uh, So his phone rings, and he picks it up before the first ring is finished. Drew Andrews, uh, I mean, uh, Contingent PD, what what is your emergency? Oh my god. Oh, that is insane. Yeah, yes, of course. And he looks at all of you. This is definitely an emergency this time. The dogs over in the old neighborhood have been howling for over an hour straight. Do we need to send out multiple of you or just uh, do you think everything's going to... Just send Ray. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll get him on the phone. The day is closing up and uh, it's probably around 5 p.m. And Drew Andrews, this man with the uh, gums and the small teeth, comes out from the back room and he's got a little cupcake and it's got one candle in it and the candle's lit. And he goes over and knocks on the door of the chief of police of contention. Chief, chief, we got a surprise for you. She comes on out. It's a small little birthday celebration for the chief, Maggie Cook. She's a strong, fit woman with a dark bob and intense eyes. Always in uniform, this woman. You've never seen her not wearing her uniform. He pulls out this uh, little gift that's wrapped, and she opens it, and it is a new journal. And you guys would know that she always has a blue journal with her, like a notebook everywhere she goes. And it's this specific brand that she likes. And so this one is yellow. Oh, so now you have one of each color. Isn't that? It's neat. Thank you so much, Drew. I really appreciate you doing that for me. This is really, this is really sweet. Kind of looks around the office at you guys. Clark goes ahead and gets in his desk, kind of rummages for a second. And he pulls out a little box of chocolates with a bow on it. Happy birthday, Maggie. I should have seen this coming, Clark. <laughs> yep. I know you like them. So uh, I thought I'd do it, do it again this year. They're my favorite. <laughs> and uh, she she opens the box immediately and pops one in her mouth. Mm, happy birthday to me. Uh, can I can I have one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, Clark. I grab one without asking. <laughs> I go into my desk and I pull out like two thirds of a bottle of cheap bourbon. Here, here you go, Maggie. Ha- happy birthday, Chief. She looks at it and she's kind of like, oh, yeah, um, this will go. No, it's not your brand. This will go nicely uh, with the, the three quarters of a bottle that I have sitting on, on my bar cart from last year. Yeah, well, you know, 
Happy birthday. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate that. And then you all kind of look over at Keith, who... And I'm I'm <laughs> sweating because I had no idea that it was her birthday. This is my... I, I've, I've been here for like, like a couple months, maybe. When you are sweating, she looks and there is a box that's sitting in the room. It's this white box with a black bow on it. Oh, Keith, I... You wrapped this present beautifully. I thank you so much. I had no idea that you would have even known it was my birthday. Yeah, I, I, I don't pride myself on giving the best gifts, but I do pride myself on wrapping. Wrapping the best she gifts. She grabs it and she uh, starts opening the bow and she opens the top of it. Oh. Oh, oh my God. And she immediately walks back into her office and closes the door behind her. What, Who, what did you box? get her, Keith? I didn't. That was not mine. I didn't even know it was her birthday. You fucked up. Who was that? One of your guys' boxes, or Drew? Was that yours? I go and look, go over to the ba- box and see if there's a tag or anything. So on she it. took the box in with her gotcha. into the Drew, into the office. Drew, did you do you know where that box came from? Uh, no, I I didn't see anything come in. That's really strange. It, it just it was just here, I guess. And it was probably Ray. It might have been Ray. And right about at that moment, the chief comes walking out of her office and she is completely broken down. Tears have clearly been streaming down her face. Her face is red. You've never seen her in this emotional state before. Keith, what the hell did you get her? It was not mine. She immediately walks from her door out of the office. Chief? Doesn't even pay attention, takes off, and is gone. Did she have the box in her hands? No. I feel really bad. I'm going to go into her office and see what was in that box. Yeah, you messed up this gift, buddy. Uh, so when you walk into her office, it's neat. It's like a super wow, organized so office. <laughs> what a cool place. <laughs> this is great. She keeps saying pretty I want to be the chief organized. of police yeah, someday. Yeah, she's very organized. Um, and you look inside this white box, and there's no, like, wrapping or anything inside of it there's no paper or anything is there any a tag or anything on it there's no tag on it there's just three items inside the box it is a flower it's a rose it's a single rose there's a hard hat just like a straight up normal white hard hat and a black silk bow tie i want to plop that uh hard hat on my head see if it fits it fits cool i'm gonna put it back on the box (laughs) (laughs) role playing yeah (laughs) i want to i'll go back out into the main room and tell them what I saw. I come back out, I, I have the box in my hand, I'm like, does any of this mean anything to you? And I ask the DM, does any of that mean anything to me? <laughs> I don't I don't think any of these things uh, would particularly stick out to you as having any um, intrinsical meaning. Cool. That's a weird collection of things there. The phone rings as you guys are talking and uh, Drew picks up in his same like nervous, hurried voice again. He's just like, uh, Drew, uh, uh, contention PD, uh, what can I... And he's talking in the background as you guys are talking. I wonder what's up with those dogs. I go into the her office and look at, in the box and I pick up the tie and mm-hmm. I want to see if there's any like... Is it monogrammed in any way? Is there anything on the tag? Any any sign of any no. ownership? Nope. Okay. Just a very plain black silk bow tie. It's untied. Drew is on the phone and he hangs up and he looks at you guys and he's like, um, fellas, uh, somebody found a body out at the junkyard. Um, I, I think this is an actual emergency. You guys, um, I, I don't, 
I don't know. They hung up immediately. She, it was a woman's voice, and she said that there was a body at the junkyard, and that we needed to come out and and look at it immediately. And she was, she's kind of slurring her words. Did you get her name? She just said Julie, and then stopped immediately uh, talking after that, and just hung up. I don't know what happened, uh, but there was like a. I heard something kind of not break, but I heard something kind of. There was a noise. And then she like screamed a little bit after she said her name, and uh, and then and then she hung up immediately. And you said this out at the junkyard. Yeah. Well, we gotta go check it out. Okay, so you guys all have uh, individual police cars that you can take, or yeah. you can ride together. Uh, I think we should all take our own cars just in case. I'm with you. I take a pull of my uh, bourbon off the chief's desk before I go out. Any uh, any complaints from the other two officers I there? I don't think they see that. <laughs> <laughs> you do it sneaky. Yeah. I don't know Petty Moore well enough to reprimand him, <laughs> so I just kind of turn a blind eye to that. And Okay, so the three, you'd go ahead and grab that pull off the bottle before you head out, and uh, the three of you are going out. It's a dark night. I'd say it's uh, pretty nice. It actually feels more like fall than it does winter at this point, December 1st, but there's like a light mist coming down so i would say uh it's real dark out you got the street lights guiding your way the junkyard sits on the uh, far southeast corner of town and it's where the old mine was uh this is an old mining town back in the 1800s and the junkyard is out on top of where the the old mine just was throwing junk down the shaft <laughs> That's, I mean, honestly, just filling it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you guys are going to drive from downtown out on a few country roads to get out there. And so... I wasn't supposed to be in you. Throwing the junk down the shaft. That's actually their uh, the motto of the That's junkyard. Sexy. It says that on the sign. <laughs> throwing the junk down the shaft. Shaft throwers. Piston junkyard. Shaft throwers. We can do better. <laughs> Let's return to that. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are driving out there. It's night. As you're going out there, there is a car coming from the other direction that is flying, going f- maybe double the speed limit. It's probably 45 out here, and this car is going 80, 90 miles an hour. What is our order? Clark's Clark's probably front. first. Okay. Well, I'll be second because you were busy taking a pull of your bourbon before <laughs> you hopped in the car. So. It takes so long. To yeah. drink. Yeah. Yeah. He savors it. <laughs> um, Swash it around his yeah, mouth a little bit. It. Yeah. Mm, Jim Beam. Mm. This was a $13 bottle of bourbon. <laughs> That's the Beam good, Is that star. the good stuff for John Lee Pettymore? Appreciate every sip. Tin high. <laughs> He knows um, what's out there, just, but $13 is $13. Okay, so the three of you are driving down this road, and this car flies by you. Uh, is anyone pulling off? Or I'm going to get on the down? radio and say, who's going to take care of that? Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. Okay. I want to see a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> go, go get him, kid. So Keith Vigna and Clark Bishop continue on to the junkyard, and John Lee Pettymore f- turns his car around, and I immediately, if the lights weren't on, I assume that they are on yeah, now, and you're in chase mode. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and roll me a drive check, Thomas, to see if John Lee Pettymore can catch up and successfully pull over this car. All right. John Lee Pettymore. What's your drive? And his younger, he's got a pretty good drive, uh, 70. Oh, nice. He used to drive World of Outlaw sprint cars. Hell yes. Plays a lot of Forza. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, 20. Nice. Nice. So you just flip it around and immediately are on the tail of this car. It looks pretty cool. It does. The car is slightly swerving and also still going probably 80 miles an hour, but she is about to hit more into the town and less of a country road. You're going to go ahead and want to pull her over as soon as possible. I do that. Nice. So go ahead and roll luck for me. Yeah. Why did I put those dice away? Let's keep those dice, at least those uh, percent. We're playing percentage dice. Oh, not only. Okay, 55 on a 50. So oh, this fail. is a great way to describe how this game works. So he had a 70% in drive, drive being the, the skill, and he rolled a 20, which is a success. So you want to roll underneath your score. If he rolled a 22 with the tens dice matching, that would be a critical success. And then if you roll above your skill, which just happened, which just Mm -hmm. happened, it's a failure because your luck is 50, right? Yep. And he rolled a 55, which the dice match and it's above, which means it is a crit crit fail. fail. The car in front of you loses control and immediately crashes into a telephone pole, smashes at 80 miles an hour into it. Oh, fuck! And you, with that drive pass earlier, you immediately (laughs) can pull over however you want to. So are you going alongside, in front of, behind? Like, how are you pulling up on this? Her car just smashed into a telephone pole. Smashed into a telephone pole and stopped. I'd pull off right in front of it, and Mm -hmm. I'd run and make sure she's all right, or the driver is all right. As you get there, you see that the windshield is completely smashed open, and there's no one sitting in the driver's seat. Fuck! I okay. I get out my flashlight. Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to have an accent when I'm describing my actions. <laughs> I, pull I, get, out. I pull out my flashlight. <laughs> I, I get out my flashlight, and yeah. I, I immediately start searching the area. I'm looking for. You know, it's cop it's shit, very man. clear. She is like. Was she thrown? She was thrown clear of the vehicle, and she is alive. You can actually hear her like screaming and moaning about 20 yards away. Woof. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, oh! God, I'm glad I had some bourbon. It honestly sounds like an animal dying. I call the county hospital immediately mm-hmm. to get an ambulance out here. You and can I, already hear the ambulance. I rush to. <laughs> These guys are good. They're very good at their job. I, I rush over to her and see what I can do. Okay, roll medical check of some sort. Gonna have to be... <laughs> <laughs> I've got no medicine skills, and I have 10% first aid. Yeah. 20. Oh, that's a fail on the first that is aid. A fail, yeah. She looks great. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong here. <laughs> why, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, stop resisting. <laughs> Her face is split wide open and she's bleeding profusely and you have absolutely no idea how to stop bleeding of the face. Sure as hell don't. Cutting to the two of you who went out to the junkyard, you guys pull up and the headlights are shining through an old rusty chain link fence and through the end of the fence you see at the end of the light's reach of your uh, headlights, the ground is splattered with blood and a lifeless body is crumpled on the moist dirt about 20 yards past the fence inside this junkyard is the gate locked the gate is locked is there barbed wire there is barbed wire Ooh, i was gonna climb over but i got better sense than that plus my big bridges if i get caught on the barbed wire <laughs> i bet you guys have some cutters uh, yeah cruisers well hey shut up thomas you're not there <laughs> can we uh can we get a hold of who, who owns this place 
Uh, the Pistons. Uh, this is the Piston Junkyard. and like the uh, NBA team? Yep. The uh, the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> the Detroit. Hey, Clark, do you um, have a, a junkyard in contention? What's Big Boss Pistons name? Uh, so you would know it's two brothers who run the Piston family. It's, it's uh, Leo and George, and uh, they are the Piston brothers. I think that Clark Bishop would know these two from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Clark, you got Leo or George's phone number? Uh, you can probably get a hold of Leo. Sure do. Okay. Give him a call. Come uh, yeah. have him unlock this. I don't want to have to cut through if we don't need to, but let him know it's a serious situation. Yeah, I'll give him a call. <laughs> the phone rings like six times before there's a click, and then you just hear this. Hey, hey Leo? Hey! Leo? Hey! Hey! Hey, it's uh, it's Clark. Clark? Hey, uh, we've got a situation up here at your yard. Clark who? Uh, Bishop with the contingent PD. You, oh, know, you know me, Leo. Hey, um, hey, Clark. We've got kind of a thing going on up here at your yard. We need to we need you to come down here and let us in. In the pig farm? No, your junkyard. <laughs> oh, the junkyard. Okay, well, uh, I'm busy. Uh, I'm bit. Leo, you know I wouldn't call you if it wasn't important. There's, there's something, there's uh, there's something real, real bad might have happened. Okay, I'll uh, I'll get my keys and I'll be down in a second. All right, thanks, man. Okay. Uh, so a old truck pulls up. It's like a beat to death old truck, probably from like the fifties, and it seems like it was taken care of for a long time, but hasn't been taken care of recently. Uh, rust is starting to grow on it. <laughs> and he pulls up, and uh, a large uh, man in overalls, covered in pig shit, gets out. Yum. Kind of uh, waddling, I guess is the right word, towards you guys. And he's got this big uh, circle ring of uh, keys that he's already like in the darkness trying to thumb through, trying to find the right one. Clark, I was busy, but uh, you know, you're, you, I like to keep you guys. I'll be down here any time that you need. I'm just like to be a good citizen and oh, we, help. We know, Leo. We know. We, we hey, we're not making it. fun of this guy's mental health, are we? No. <laughs> Definitely. This is what he sounds like. (laughs) This is a character voice that I have chosen for this man. And just because he's not that smart and has a thick accent doesn't mean that he's not a a fully fleshed out character (laughs) and a human being. Whom we love and respect. Whom we love and respect. Hey, Leo, do you... (laughs) Leo, when's the last time you were... Leo, you... (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And see... (laughs) And podcast <laughs> over. Hey, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> Cut it at Thomas's mic when he's not in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and Leo, when's the last time you were here? Uh, I, I had to come by to sweep up uh, about a, uh, two weeks ago. You haven't been here for two weeks? <laughs> Is George? Was George here today? Oh, nobody comes out of here. Ain't nobody junks anything anymore. Is it just you and your brother who have keys to this here? Yeah, Kathy. Who's Kathy? No, it's George's wife. You know, you know Kathy. Oh, Kathy, of course. Of course we know Kathy. I, I call her Katie, but gotcha. Um, <laughs> all right, well, if you can go ahead and open up this gate. I, I don't know if her you... Her name's Kathy. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you take a peek over there, I think you can see why it's such a serious situation. Oh, my... Is that a... Yeah. Well, I didn't. This wasn't me. Like I didn't. I didn't. Do Leo, this. you are the prime suspect right now. 
Just kidding. Just kidding. I tackle him. <laughs> he's fr- he's so scared. Like looking in his eyes, he is the scaredest boy no, in the world. I, I slap him on the shoulder. I said, I'm just kidding. You haven't been here in two weeks. He drops his keys and he's like picks him back up. He's trying to fumble with him and he's like, Okay, um, it's this one and he goes over and he unlocks the gate. Can I go home now? Yeah, uh can you Did you leave the could you leave that key here for us and we, we can get back to you tomorrow? Yeah, he's very he's very quick with his fingers and he gets the key off the ring immediately and hands it to you and is like, okay, I'm going to go home now. Yeah, yeah I, don't, uh, I don't think we would have, I'm not here, but I don't think we would have any further questions. No. I, or yeah, I just don't, a reason yeah. to detain this yeah. guy. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm we'll, being sarcastic. Casting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Hey, Leo. We'll uh, we'll get that key back to you tomorrow. But we probably will have a few questions once we return that. Just so, just you know, no, nothing bad. Just be prepared to have a little conversation tomorrow. Okay, I will prepare to have a conversation with you tomorrow. Also, don't mention this to George because uh, you know. I don't want you guys getting any funny ideas. Just kidding. He laughs, laughs nervously and leaves. Okay, uh, let's open this and go take a peek at this body. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys... Get your poking sticks. All right. So the, uh, so the, uh, the gate opens. Two of you walk in, and you, you're looking around this junkyard. It is a massive junkyard. We're talking 10 acres of land. I mean, this thing is massive. And there's junk piled up every which direction, right in front Can of... Can I roll to see if I find anything cool? Uh, yeah. Roll search. Cooler than a dead body. What's your search? 40. Okay. That's a 95. <laughs> a 95. You see Nothing a dead is body. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, seriously, in front of you, there is a, uh, a crumpled up dead body with blood splattered all around it in every direction. And it is sitting right in front of their, basically, the only building on this entire land mass that is kind of serves as like an office. It's a quickly put up, almost like trailer. It's got one door, one window kind of place, and it's got the sign on it, Piston Junkyard, all that jazz. And sitting, the body is like right in front of it. Yeah. Uh, I look over at Clark and say, I don't think we're going to need an ambulance for this one, but uh, do you have that the camera equipment, the lights and stuff in your car? Or is that in? I do. Okay, you got it. Let's, I'll, go, uh, I'll run and grab that. Let's go ahead and get that set up. We got to take some pictures of this, but you go run to that. I'm going to take, I'm gonna take, take a, a peek. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, okay, so I want to go up and inspect, see if I can see, if I can see why this is a dead body. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this body dead? What, what happened? Right, we know one thing. I'm going to interrogate the body. <laughs> okay. Roll human. <laughs> uh, with your vast intelligence that Keith Vigna... My 50 intelligence. <laughs> you can tell this this body seemed to hit... Uh, there's blood sp- splattered in a circular m- range around this body in every direction. So it looks like this body was thrown here or dropped here. Is there any footprints or anything around or does it look like it just became here? It... Uh, looking around, uh, the the ground is wet a little bit. It's like the ground is the ground is moist, and Same. there there are no footprints uh, in the area okay. except for your own. So it is it is since it's like damp or whatever. It w- I would be able to notice footprints if they. Yeah, I think it. so. Okay, uh, I, I return with the lights and the camera, and I go ahead and set up some good floodlights on the area. Yeah, and start just taking. Yeah, pictures Yeah, let's take of some everything. pictures before we move this body for. 
posterity. Is and it then, in front of the front door of their office? It's just in front. It's like probably 10 yards away from the building, and it's not centered on anything in particular. It's just like there. Do I, looking at the building, do they have any security cameras set up? No. Snap some picks and then I'm gonna. Is this face down or face up? Uh, face down. I'm gonna roll him over. That's the one. Him? Is it a. Can I tell? Or. I'm gonna roll the body over. When you roll the body over, cannot see its face, but it does seem to be the body of a woman. Why can I not see its face? Well, okay, you can see her face, but the face is smashed completely. Beyond recognition? Beyond all recognition. This is not a great night for faces. No. A lot of faces getting messed up in contention. Can I uh, can I see if there does she have teeth or finger fingers? It looks like she did probably have teeth at one point, but not anymore. Nah. Okay. F- it, would it would it's we be bloody, able to identify like fingerprints? It's like a black bloody mess, and yes, there are fingers. Okay. I go ahead and get out my little ten in case you're ten fingers. Yeah, in case you were wondering. Nice. Look at these fingers, dude. These are great. She's got fingers. all ten. We can. Well, d- well we don't know how many can, she started out with. I hope That's she true. has committed a crime at some point. That way, we can identify her in our database. I, I do the. I just take a my ink pad and grab a few. Yeah, fingerprints. Fingerprints. Got him. Um, right. So, other other than her face, which is smashed, is there any other visible injuries? Uh, smashing. Mostly, it looks like she took smashing damage from the from front. all over, or just the face. Uh, I would say it looks like from where she hit the ground <laughs> is damage. where like all of that. <laughs> you look at it. I will, I will not it, hit uh, the ground. I look. Up, is there anything yeah. directly above us? When you look up, the sky is above you, and that seems to be it. Wow, that's amazing. The sky is up there. I want to go through the pockets. Oh, when you go through the pockets, there is a uh, small piece of paper that is folded a handful of times, and this piece of paper is a thick piece of white parchment. On it is written in this weird black thick ink, and it says... We is striking when the land gets darkness. Readying torches hesitate not. Uh, You're looking at this body and it is wearing what seems to be really thick hand-stitched clothing and leather boots. And then besides that note in the pocket, that seems to be all you can uh, really garner from it. Is there style to the note is it written like a poem and, and does it have punctu- punctuation it has punctuation it is uh we are striking when the land gets darkness period readying torches period hesitate not period okay but no it's not in stanza it, form it's, was, yeah it's not formatted in no. a weird way it's okay, just cool. written cool. as it could fit on this piece of paper uh so that was folded up a couple times and uh put stuffed into her pocket so you're taking pictures? That was the only thing in the pocket? That is the only thing in the pockets. How big are the britches? Fitting. Nice. <laughs> I, I hike my big old britches up. <laughs> I'm like, man, those are some nice pants. <laughs> I want to take a strand or two of hair and put okay. it in an evidence bag. Absolutely. Cutting back to John Lee Pettymore is at the scene and uh, the ambulance has arrived. They are going to ask you what happened. Well, I was in pursuit of this intoxicated young woman and she fucking smashed her car into that goddamn telephone and ripped her face open. I've not seen, not seen anything like that in a while. Obviously, you know, sprint car race and you see your fair share of smashed faces. Okay, so they're done. Like, as soon as they get that information, they're like, okay, well, we need to get her to the hospital. And so they start... But you're, you're still tagging along ta- behind yeah. them You're talking. St- yeah. <laughs> the thing about race car driving... <laughs> So they you gotta get her, have nerves of steel. They get her onto a, uh, a gurney of, of sorts, and uh, it's 
it's not a gurney apparently and uh <laughs> it's a <laughs> gurney made of out sorts. of bamboo wood and cheesecloth and uh <laughs> they uh, get her in the back of this ambulance and she falls right through the cheesecloth <laughs> <laughs> she gets up and starts running. No, um, so I immediately draw my sidearm. <laughs> so she, zombie. So they take her. They take her away, and you can probably call Ray and have him take care of the cleanup crew and everything. But what do you? What do you do? I'm going to uh, to go get my car bourbon. Oh yeah, take a swig out of that to steady my nerves, and then um, then I'm going to check her car out. I'm going to do a search probable cause out the ass <laughs> yeah so uh yeah you're good to check the car when you're going through it in the back seat of the car is a it's a polaroid camera and it seems to be from early early polaroid camera making days you've never seen a camera like this it's got the normal like chunkiness to it but it's got some like weird glass tubes that go around it and on it is a light uh, that is red and it has a viewfinder and a button to take pictures and then a spot for the paper to go in and a spot for the paper to come out and then all these glass tubes uh, probably two or three that like loop around from like one into the other and stuff Are there any Polaroids sitting around uh, there also yeah I forgot to mention there is a Polaroid sitting in the seat of the car uh, in the shotgun seat it is a Polaroid uh, it shows the base of a tall building and a group crowding the entrance with fists raised everything in the picture is lit by torches in some of the people's hands and the building is a slightly shiny pitch black the entire picture is not fully like colorized it almost seems black and white but the the light from the torches is giving off some sort of like a yellowy orangish tint would you say maybe perhaps a sepia? Yeah, almost a sepia tone on this picture. Does that strike you as odd? That strikes John as very odd, and he goes and takes another fortifying swig off his bourbon. Go ahead and roll a, a sanity check for me. Ooh, hard fail. 87. Okay, so you're going to lose one sanity, and you're going to need to take that pull instead of just wanting to off of the old whiskey so yeah this is really weird like you've never seen anything like this you've probably not messed with polaroids too much in your life but you definitely know that if it shouldn't, uh, look, it like shouldn't look like this yeah are exactly. there any blank there's paper in the in the camera okay i want to try to take a picture you click on the button and nothing happens. Okay. Uh, you do notice that on this camera, where the red light is coming from, there is also a unlit green light next to it. So the red light is illuminated. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Do I see a, like an attachment or anything that's supposed to go into this, or a place for that to go somewhere that might activate that green light? No. Okay. Does not look like it. Can I just push it? Push what? The green light. It's not a button. It looks like this is not a button. There are two lights side by side. One has a red cover, basically. One is colored red, and the other right. one is colored green, and the red light is shining. The green light is not. I just want to move the camera around and point it at different things and see if that changes what light okay. activates. Okay. John Lee Pettymore is standing on the side of the road as a light mist comes down in the darkness. He's all alone, and he is standing with a camera that is odd in his hands, aiming it at different things and looking at nothing in particular. Wow, that nothing happened, but it sounded horrifying. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing changes. Okay. Uh, as you go through the rest of the car, you get to the trunk, and in the trunk are multiple junk. gas cans 
and a bunch of lighters and matches. Classic firebug. Yes. Oh, and also inside the car <laughs> I was... I make a note of that. Inside the car was a bottle of mm, brandy. Bottle of cheap brandy. About half gone. Do you take a swig? <laughs> no. It's not my brand. My brand. So cutting back to the two of you in the junkyard. Your special liver. <laughs> where did we leave you guys? I guess we found that note. Yeah. And uh, I got the fingerprints and a piece of her hair that I'm planning on running. What's the coroner's name here? This is the county. Yeah, you can just call the county. Okay, let's uh, give them a call, see if they can figure out. I mean, I think I know what killed this person, but let's see what the, what their professional opinion is. What's your um, theory? Their face has smashed them to death. Mm, how do you think that happened? Uh that's what that's what I want to find out. Doesn't sound like you have a theory then, or know how this person got killed. Well, I know that they got killed because their faces smashed. That's <laughs> that's what I got. Ca- cause so of far. death being a face smash. Cause of death, face. smashed face. Yeah, I, I mean that'll yeah. do it for sure. Yeah, um, I certainly wouldn't want my face smashed like this. Yeah, I'm done with that. They call call the coroner in. I want to do a little search around, like uh, maybe like a 50 foot radius around this body and see if I can find anything of interest. Okay, cool. I want to uh, go into the office that's right there. Okay, sounds good. First off, you give me a search roll. I do not pass that. You do not find anything. Don't and find. Joe, Clark Bishop is walking up to the front door, front door yeah. of this building and uh, it is unlocked. I go in. It is a small room. There's only one room. Uh, there's a desk that is like literally covered in papers and garbage and a bunch of shit just everywhere. Uh, There's a couple chairs in there that are also covered with shit and there's a bunch of filing cabinets. This place is deeply disorganized and no one has been in here in a while. I'm just looking, are there any um, surveillance, any things, any TVs that look like they were at least once surveillance? There is one camera. It is in the corner of the room. Can I follow its cord to see where it goes? Yeah, and you would also see that it does point at the front door, which looks out the window. Cool, but I mean, I want to see where it's Oh, where where it's hooked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, underneath the desk is like the uh, CCTV. I turn on the TV. Mm -hmm. Do I get a picture? Yes. Is there a VCR anywhere nearby? Oh, yeah. It is connected. It's one of those TV-VCR combos. Oh, hell yeah. Lux. So this is Joe doesn't know this. Would a police officer look at the tape in that VCR or would he take it back to the shop? You can do whatever you want. I guess I'll do. I'll just look you at it there. You can do whatever, whatever you want. want. I'll look at it there. Hey. Okay. I rewind. Uh, go ahead and roll luck to see if it was recording. Ah. <laughs> uh. <sighs> 81 on a 70. (laughs) Baby, it was not recording. Damn. That would have really helped. That would have been real nice and handy. I pop in from my search and I say, hey, have you found uh, where that camera leads to? Maybe I can do a roll and see if it was recording. (laughs) (laughs) Keith Vigna talks about life in a really weird way. Clark is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, no, nope. that's how that's how life works. Cool. So you guys at this point could you could have Ray come out and watch the scene for the night. Also, I want to give uh, the chief a ring. Okay. Yeah. You you phone the uh, chief's. Uh, do you call her? I guess her His cell phone. Yeah. It goes straight to voicemail. No Shit. ring. I want to leave a voicemail. Hey, Maggie. It's uh, Vigna. Wake up, Maggie. I think I have something to say to you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right after you left, we got a call. Uh, there's a dead body out at the junkyard. I'd like to have your input on this. Give me a call back. Bye. 
I think that was good. Love I think you. you. Did great. Thanks, uh, Keith. Did you uh, just call the chief Maggie? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I mean, it was a birthday, I, so we were I, all saying. I know. That, I know. I'm, this is. This I know. Is work. I'm, I know. I'm new here, but uh, I don't know. I like to have a, a friendly office space, Clark. <laughs> friendly office space. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call her, Chief? If we're working. Well, she's not. We're not at work. <laughs> she left. I called her on her personal cell phone. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep a note of that. You just might want to keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm gonna call her back. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jeez. Hey Keith, it goes straight to voicemail. Okay. Um. Hey Mac. I mean, hey Chief. Uh, sorry about that last voicemail. Everything I said was true, but I want to. Uh, we'll call you Chief. Okay, um, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Clark, Clark is like, all right, that's good. Yeah, I made up for it. Good, good cover. Uh, okay, so we haven't seen John in a minute. Uh, let's. I'm gonna radio him and see what his what's going on over there. What did that note that you found say again? We is striking when the land sets darkness. When the land sets darkness, gets gets, gets darkness. darkness. Reading uh, torches. torches. Hesitate, Hesitate not. not. Okay. I want to radio John. Hey, uh, what what happened with that car? Are you Is that taken care of? or? Oh, man. Her face is all smashed to hell. Wait. This face is smashed to hell, too. Do you oh, think it's God, connected? What? It could be. Well, how did her face get smashed? <laughs> <laughs> Poor driving. Was she drunk? Or what was the... Are you yeah. drunk? <laughs> I never know these days. Vigna, you should have seen this face. This has got me pretty shook. Well, do you need... What are you doing right now? Do you need help? I'm just trying to make this camera work. Okay, let's... I'm gonna... Let's go see what he's up to. So the three of you go back to the office, uh, the police department, after uh, Ray is gonna take care of cleaning up the car on the side of the road that's been smashed. He's gonna call a tow truck and let everybody know what needs to be taken care of there. Well, it's about time he did something around Yeah, here. he's also gonna uh, go out to the junkyard and keep watch over the crime scene for the night, which you put up crime tape and all that jazz. I wanted to express to Ray that we do want the coroner to, like, autopsy. We want, we want, to, Absolutely. We want to cause a death. Of and course, yeah. And so uh, you'll get that report back in the morning, and the three of you meet back up at the police department. You're probably all out in the parking lot. Now is about when you would either I don't know. Do you guys have personal cars or do you take your, your cruisers back to your homes? Clark definitely takes his cruiser back. Yeah, I, I do. I do yeah. too. So the three of you are all in your cruisers and you pull back into the police department's parking lot. Uh, I walk in and talk to Drew, the secretary. Hey, hey Drew. Hey. Uh, you seen the chief tonight? Uh, no, she hasn't come back in since she left abruptly. She she call or anything? Uh, she did not call. Hmm. He like looks through his messages. She did not call. All right. Will you give her a ring? And if you if you get a hold of her, you got to tell her we got some stuff going on here. Yeah, absolutely. And then Clark goes to his desk, and he starts doing whatever he can in the office with the fingerprints and so the So you hair. can basically uh, send that stuff in okay. to county and uh, get results back later. I'm doing that. Clark, you, you like to take those crime scene photos and things. Mm-hmm. Can you Have you ever seen a camera this queer? I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. It looks kind of old with the glass tubing like that. I know they used to use that, some of them old radio. Yeah, but this this ain't a radio, Clark. Yeah, I don't... I, I, this that's picture, a weird one. Does this picture mean anything to you? I look at the picture. You look at the picture. Uh, I want to look at the picture, The too. picture is a Polaroid of a base of a tall building 
There's a group of people crowding the entrance. Their fists are raised. Everything in the picture is lit by torches in some of the people's hands. And the building is a slightly shiny pitch black. Uh, but the only coloring that you see is from the torches. And it's like an orangish, yellowish hue. Everything else is black and white. Roll sanity. I pass. I pass. Okay. Uh, you both uh, don't see anything out of the ordinary with from this picture. Do I all. recognize the building by any chance? No. Is it a place? Okay. All right. Where'd you get this picture? And honestly, you, you wouldn't be able to recognize the, pic- the base of the building anyways, because it's literally just like a, like a, a, a wall, darkness. like an out an exterior wall. What was uh, the driver's name? I assume we looked at her wallet and stuff. Like, yeah, 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 oh. for sure. Her name is Julie Maxwell, and Julie she lives Maxwell. in town. Okay. I got this I got this from Julie Maxwell's car. Wait, is that the car you pulled over? Yeah. The, Julie the was the one that called in about the body. Yep. She's not going to be doing many calls with that face anymore. Is she, do we know her, is she at the hospital right now? Is she, is she stable, or is she, are we going to be able to talk to her? You don't know. I can call up there. Okay, yeah, let's find out. Also, that note said something about torches. I read the note out loud. Well, that's <laughs> ominous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, this gotta I be, chant the note. <laughs> this has got to be connected. If Julie called in the body, she's got a picture of her. Is, is she in the picture? We well, yeah, found a note mentioning, mentioning torches. torches. We found a picture of torches. One woman's face was smashed. Another woman's face was split in twain. What was Julie wearing? Did you see the body? Her no, not alive. Have you seen her bo- alive body? <laughs> what, what was the her? Hell what are was you she, asking me? What was, she, what was, what was Julie her clothing wearing? Looking like. What was her clothing looking like? Let me stop to recollect. <laughs> Picture a single middle-aged woman who is stuck in the eighties. Now you remember your old friend Stacy and her mom. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, Stacy's mom has got it going on. Who's the one who still thinks it's 1985? Hey, she reminded me a lot of your friend's mom who still thinks it's 1985. <laughs> oh yeah, Carol. Okay. Carol. Yeah, <laughs> she's got Carol hair. <laughs> Carol hair. Carol clothes. All right, because our our body it looked like homemade stuff. I kind of wondered if they were together. It's got to be connected. Sure. But maybe our Julie's a suspect here. It's getting pretty late at this point. You guys might want to call it for the night. And can I can I go ahead and call the hospital though, just to see? For sure, she's unconscious. Okay, she's but stable, alive. alive. Yeah, like not gonna die. Here, let me roll. Oh god. <laughs> Whoops. Oh yeah, no, she's dead. Julie Maxwell is. <laughs> she's dead. to severe blood loss. No, she's dead. She's she's really I dead? just rolled a hundred. <laughs> <sighs> she's dead. Hey, remember Dang when you said, it. let me roll? It would have been tight if you <laughs> just let us talk or something. Nope, Julie Maxwell's dead. Uh, well, there was, probably, yeah, there was probably nothing more to gather from that thread, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can call this one case closed. Drive safely, folks. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. All right. Let's take a little, take yeah, a little get, sleeper and think about what I've seen today. This was my first dead body, and I'm kind of creeped but also a little bit stoked. Oh, yeah. Hey, go ahead and roll me a sanity for seeing that dead body. I forgot to have you roll that. Oh, I got an 87. That should be good, right? Nope. <laughs> I don't think so. What's your sanity? 50. Yeah, so you're going to want to head and lose one. 
And just a quick note for you guys. We're going to run this as a sanity. We'll run as like a humanity tracker to see how much you care about humanity. Everything that you see that makes you doubt the like goodness in humanity will make you lose sanity. Also, anything that makes you think that maybe humanity isn't all that's here will make you lose sanity. So that's how we'll be tracking it. I feel a little less... Like I give a shit about people. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Hey, Keith, uh, who do you know in town? Like, who are your friends? Who's your family? Do you have anyone? I've got, well, my parents, I grew up Go here. ahead and eat that mic. Go ahead and get up on that Sorry. mic. Uh, <laughs> Don't eat mine. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I grew up here, but it, uh, my parents both passed away. I don't really have uh, any, like, close family. I've only been here a couple months, so I haven't really made friends. I don't hang out with people. Really, the only time I see other people is when I'm at work. What's your dog's name? My dog's name is Bean. I didn't know if you knew this or not, but uh, I'm I'm a a distant relative of of those Bean Boys. What? What? The Bean Boys. The Bean Boys? Bean Pond and stuff. You you have ancestral roots to the the, the one of the founders of this town. Correct, Amundo. Cornelius Beans. Cornelius Beans was my ancestor. Bunch of greats, <laughs> grandpa. He is in your bloodline. He's in my bloodline between two and four greats, <laughs> depending on how quickly they fucked more kids out. I named my dog Beans. You poop kids out. You fuck them in. Oh, that's right. My bad. So your dog's <laughs> name is Beans. What kind of dog is it? Golden Retriever. And on a scale of how much you love it, it's a lot. Probably. It's probably like a ten. So when you it's get dead. home that <laughs> night. Bean greet you at the door. Oh, hell yeah. I thought Sheen Bean. Uh, hey, Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the most Arf. genuine role playing we've got on this podcast. <laughs> hey, Bean. I'll play. Hey, bean. I'll be Bean. <laughs> I, he, he licks my face, and I'm like, oh, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Who's I good am. <laughs> what's your, Scooby-Doo. Uh, what's, your, like, what's your nightly thing? Like, what do you do when you get I'm gonna I'm going to cook dinner. I'm going to eat my dinner while I watch TV. Yeah. Probably fall asleep in my lazy boy. Sounds good. What are you doing? Clark doesn't have a lot in life. Yeah. But he's got his house. Mm -hmm. He comes home and he cooks his TV dinner in the microwave and he sits down with his TV tray and watches Wheel of Fortune and he sometimes gets the puzzle before they I was going to say, does he play along <laughs> or does he just watch it for fun? Every now and then he gets a puzzle right before anybody else does. Nice. <laughs> I was kind of thinking this guy's a real lonely, sad guy. For sure. No, that absolutely <laughs> makes sense. Um, we can. He maybe maybe he has a connection with a checkout counter. Exactly. A, a, yeah. A guy at the checkout at the grocery store. I love that it. He just kind of they exchange pleasantries. Does he know his name? We know each other's names, and we kind of know each other's hobbies. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. So, what are you doing with your night? Watching Wheel of Fortune. Beautiful. And John Lee Pettymore. John stays back a little bit, and he can't really shake this picture. Yeah. He's just kind of looking at it. Um, and he probably stays in the station maybe half an hour, 40 minutes after everybody leaves, just trying to get his thoughts together. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, he leaves. Uh, he leaves home, and he hits up a local bar. Okay. He not leaves home, leaves the station. Yeah. In uniform? No. Okay. So in my civvies. Okay. He's wearing, he's wearing uh, tight Wranglers, a tucked-in <laughs> pearl snap. Yeah. And a pretty fucking sick leather jacket. TBH. Very cool. I'm not going to say TBH again. All good. Listeners. 
<laughs> so uh, you go to Clinkers, the local bar. Mm-hmm. It's a small bar, uh, and all the windows on the outside are blacked out, but there are neon lights uh, on the outside with different Bush Light, Miller Light, Coors Light signs, neon signage. Uh, and on the inside, it is a smoky small room uh, with three tables and a pool table and a bar. Harry is behind the bar as per usual. Uh, Harry Clinker, owner of Clinkers. And there's a couple regulars in there. Nobody too important to the town. A couple guys playing pool. I mean, his night, he's going he's gonna to get a Miller Lite and a slice of lime and he's going to play pool by himself. All right. The next day, you guys go into the office, and immediately, Drew has a couple messages for you. Uh, One, a city council member's dog is missing. Uh, Two, there's a house on the south side of the old neighborhood where the door is swinging open and mail is piling up. And three, there was an oil spill out southeast of the town on a country road last night. So it's three different calls that came in. Can Can you expand on that oil spill? Uh, yeah, um, let's see. Who called that in? Let me check my notes real quick. Um, Jimmy Sanders called it in. Uh, and you would know that Jimmy Sanders is an old buddy of yours, maybe even a relative, not sure. And he is like kind of an old hippie, and he is the manager of Subtropolis, the sub shop downtown. Uh, yeah, no, Jimmy, Jimmy Sanders called that in, uh, at like four in the morning last night. And yeah, he said there was an oil spill out, out there in the country roads. Where's that house at? What house? The house. The abandoned house the with the doors ringing open and the mail piling up. It's on the south side of the old neighborhood, which is uh, in the southwest part of town. I'm going to go check out that house. Anybody want to come with me or should we just all get this all taken care of separately? Also, I think there were a few things you wanted to check when you when you yeah, came in. So you've got those three yet. things that came in. And then you know that Julie Maxwell is gone. She's no longer with us. Has the chief come in today? Uh, no, she hasn't come in. I tried calling her a couple of times. It went straight to voicemail. I really got her. probably hit up her home. Do you, do you guys like that I'm going to be a constant character in this game and I sound like this? <laughs> I'm excited. Well, you're better than Ray. <laughs> <laughs> what were you wanting to find out today? I forgot. Uh, if we got any hits on the fingerprints or the hair. Autopsy or anything. Or the autopsy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll do this in order. Nothing came back on the fingerprints. Uh, this one is in no zero databases. The hair, also nothing came back uh, DNA-wise, not in any databases. The autopsy report came in and... um, She's dead. She is dead. She died from blunt trauma. Hell yeah, dude. Smoke weed. Which is one way... Oh my God. (laughs) 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 Which is... I was going to say another way to say face smashing. Do you guys want to smoke weed? Uh, Yes, it was blunt trauma and... Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Blunt trauma would actually be a pretty fucking great, like, stoner metal or yes. stoner hip-hop. Yeah, right. On the autopsy report, yeah, she died from blunt trauma. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. But also, uh, she had a brand on her back that her skin was branded, and it said, this is a fool, in all capital letters. Whoa. <laughs> Clark, Clark on the phone is like, Yikes. <laughs> uh, and they can send over some fresh? pictures if you want. Yeah, dude. Let's was it a fresh pictures. brand? Uh, it was a relatively fresh brand, like Adidas. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more fly than fresh. So real quick, I'll give you the rundown one more time. Carrie Pages called and said that her dog is missing. Mildred Mitchell called and said that there was a house on the south side of the old neighborhood where the door is swinging open and mail is piling up. And 
Who was the last guy? Uh, John Sullivan, did you say his name? Jimmy Sanders. <laughs> so close. Jimmy Sanders called about an oil spill out southeast of town on Country Road. I'm gonna I really want to go check this house out. Does anyone want to roll with me or are you guys gonna go check out the Let's split up here because I know I know old Jimmy. Yeah, I'm gonna go check out the house because I don't know the councilwoman or or Jimmy, so I'm gonna go to the, the it would it would be best if we sent someone's pretty senior to the councilwoman. The only thing I was going to say is that I think Clark would feel like a missing dog is way beneath him. I th- well, that depends. Like in this town, do we get a call from like a council member and like step yeah, that's two? true. That's true. All right, yeah, I'll go to Carrie's. Okay, I'm going to the house. Okay, Drew, what kind of diam dimensions? What oil spill? He just he called it. He called at four in the morning and he said there there is an oil spill. What time is it now? Uh, it is uh, 8.30 in the morning. Were you here all night, Drew? <laughs> I, I always have my phone on, and I take all the messages. You're a good man, buddy. Not like Ray. Thank you. Lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting a little weird. I feel like we might be dealing with some sort of cult here. It seems like we've got a hillbilly murder cult. Uh, something's kind. driving the dogs crazy. And faces are... <laughs> Whose no do- face is safe. Whose dog got stolen or whose dog is missing? It's Carrie Pages. Carrie Pages. Pages. Of, yeah. of Pages fame? She's the owner of Pages. Which one? The restaurant. Who owns the bookstore? Stephen Pages. Are they related? Cousins. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell yeah.
What's up, my sugar babies? It's your sugar daddy, Wolf the Dog. And I'm here to let y'all know that you can support this show and help it grow with some of that hard-earned dough over at patreon.com slash pretendingpod. Links in the show notes. Thanks for listening, my sugary sweet babies.